Welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast. Today's guest is Sebastian Vanderlands of WordProof.io. If you've ever thought about intersecting blockchain technology with WordPress, journalism writing, time stamping your posts or content on the blockchain, this is definitely the episode for you. And and the episode for you also, if you're a, a startup, you're pitching, you're marketing, there's a lot in this episode. Going Down is one of my favorite episodes, uh, definitely of 2020, uh, if not in the last few years here. I really hope you get a lot out of this, or you know, at the very least, you've learned about blockchain, the technology, and Sebastian and team's mission uh, to make this technology uh, available to all and the benefits uh, to all. Recently winning a million uh, euros in uh, a tech startup uh, competition. It, it, great story, great background, phenomenal guest. I hope you do check out WordProof. I am, uh, once I get some time on my agenda, I'm going to implement it on, on my report. Wouldn't it be nice to timestamp podcasts? I really just, I just thought of that. I just thought of that. I don't know why I didn't ask during the show. I uh, really hope you enjoy. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, matreport.com slash subscribe. Join that mailing list. Let's say thanks to today's sponsor, SearchWP. Jonathan Christopher and team at SearchWP sponsoring today's episode. Look, if you need to make a better search for WordPress, and if there's one thing WordPress can do better, especially for large sites, especially for sites like we're talking about today, journalism, content, lots of content. SearchWP makes that a breeze, makes your search in WordPress a whole heck of a lot better. It's searchwp.com. WordPress search ignores content. SearchWP finds it. It finds things like e-commerce related products. It finds things like custom field content, custom database tables, PDF and documents that are stored in your WordPress media gallery. It's doing all kinds of things. But, you know, it does all these things, but... The best part about it is the analytics, the search analytics that it reports to you on the dashboard. You can make better decisions for what people are searching for on your site. SearchWP.com, check it out. Starts at a low price of $99 for one site. And if you're building out complex sites, that's nothing. SearchWP.com, thanks for sponsoring the show. Second sponsor of the show is Gravity View. You can find Gravity View. At gravityview.co. I said this in the last time I read this. If anything, go there just to watch Zach's music video. It's not him. It's not Zach starring. Although I do think, now that this, ep- now that this video is a-, a little bit older, Zach should do one of himself. Come up with a new one. Gravityview.co. Gravityview.co. A page builder using Gravity Forms data. So look, you get all this data that you're collecting in Gravity Forms. And if you're a power user like me, right, like a WordPress implementer, you know how to do a lot of good things, a lot of powerful things with WordPress. One of them being Gravity Forms, you're intaking user registration, user-driven content, but how do you get it out of the database? Display it onto your website. Maybe you want to display a list view, a table view, a Google Maps view. You're making like a very lean, precise, directory of sorts like a real estate site or a directory of entrepreneurs in your your neck of the woods gravity view can help you query that content inside of gravity forms data display it on your wordpress website without a lick of code 
gravityview.co. Check it out. Thank them for sponsoring the show. You can get it uh, right now, currently on sale, 20% off for $55 for a single, or no, for up to three websites. I thought that was one. That was three. What's three divi- 55 divided by three? I don't know what it is. It's cheap. That's what I know. Gravityview.co. Gravityview.co. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast, Season 9. We're halfway through the year, if you can believe it or not. Actually, we can believe it. My God, can we get 2020 over with by now? Oh, it's been a rough ride, but not for all of us. Not for today's guest, Sebastian Vanderlands of WordProof joins the program today. Sebastian, welcome to the program. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on. 2020 is not the banner year, but recent news for you is you got a million? Is it a million? One million. One million. I can't believe it. I was going through my Twitter feed the other day, and a lot of my friends in... um, well, the European region, the Dutch region, Germany, things like that. People were like, why Why isn't anyone covering this WordProof mention of the million dollar prize uh, or grant uh, from par- partly the government and a blockchain startup, right? That's provided this this money. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's just the government, the European Commission. Just the government. And I saw the so I started the Twitter feed and I was like, yeah, why why isn't anyone covering this in the U.S.? <laughs> but I mean, shortly thereafter, there was some coverage of it, and I don't know. I don't know if there's just a disconnect of, you know, uh, it was the first time I had seen it, uh, first time I had seen your product, in fact, and I was happy to sort of stumble upon it, and I was happy that you made the connection to uh, to chat with us on the show. You gave me a little bit of a brief for so for those who don't know I'll I'll say the brief that you gave me and then you can dive <laughs> in with anything anything that anything else that you have but Sebastian Vanderlins has a big heart for open source in 2006 he co-founded Amsterdam's first WordPress agency Van is it Van Ons is that how I yeah, say that Yeah Van Ons it's Van Ons it's uh, from us but then in Dutch as Dutch as could be which is a leading digital agency now serving over 100 million page views a year in 2019, Sebastian founded WordProof, the winner of Europe's Blockchain for Social Good contest in 2020. Sebastian has a strong passion for improving the playing field of publishing, SEO, and e-commerce solutions by his team are actively being used by over 100,000 organizations. Let's fix Broken Web together. And you know, when I was going through your brief, and I, I, I swear to God, I'll let you talk pretty soon. <laughs> when, I was no going worries, no brief, when I was going through your brief, you know, and, and you sent me all the material, you have the byline, you have uh, headshots, you have press releases, you have videos that you sent me. It's like, man, I looked at your LinkedIn. And I was like, this is really his, it, what looks to be your, your second tech company. I mean, pretty good to have all this stuff. I mean, I've talked to people who have had dozens of startups and they have not been this prepared. So good on you, sir. <laughs> Thanks. That's a great compliment. I want to dive right in and I want to talk about WordProof and what this is. So set the stage. What does WordPress, WordProof do for the common user? So for the common user, there's normally I do a lot of radio and television stuff. Then they ask, hey, what does it do for the consumer? Uh, we can dive into technicals today because we're with the WordPress community now. But what it does or what I always trigger uh, listeners to do uh, on mainstream media is, hey, if you see a news website and there's a text says, last edited two hours ago, you could say, wow, that's transparent. But you could also say, hey, what was there two hours ago that I'm not allowed to see anymore? And um, we're 
word proof is about that shift about the verifiability of every content on the internet what was there who sent it to us um it's kind of a layer of trust over the internet 29% of Europeans, they are kind of suspicious of the internet. And 86%, they say they have fallen for fake news at least once. And uh, what we say is, hey, what I read is real. Or we need a layer of trust, which creates that what I read is real and I can verify who wrote it. What I create is mine and I have the proof. And in disputes, uh, I have leverage. I kind of have protection. WordPress users, uh, they work with open source software, so uh, they can check or verify all the software, doesn't it send data to uh, malicious parties, stuff like that. But what timestamping does, WordProof does timestamping with blockchain is, what we do is we create a hash of all content and we put that in a blockchain. So from that moment, you can verify and prove as a web shop or publisher that you didn't tamper with your data. And, you know, when I was looking at the site, you know, I was looking at uh, your pricing page. I was going through your demo. I watched you go through the demo. Then I went to your own site and actually clicked to make sure that you actually had it installed on your site, <laughs> which in <laughs> fact you did. Um, it's, you know, the first thing that came to mind, especially when I saw sort of like the third tier of pricing. I mean, it's roughly, I want to say, $150 a year. Uh, for maybe 200 posts a month. Is that roughly the price of what it translates to a year? Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And and what what I really thought was, boy, this is just like, you know, almost like you buy an SSL certificate if you're not using Let's Encrypt, let's say, but you buy an SSL certificate, you know, there's some for like nine bucks, but I think most consumers might be like, a hundred bucks is good for me. I feel like I'm securing my site. This sort of feels the same way where it's like, well, you get an SSL certificate, and now you get WordProof, right? It's almost like it's almost like securing the site kind of deal, and the price isn't super expensive. It doesn't even have to be that high if you're not making 200 posts or pages a month either. And I, I or the thing, it's it's not uh, it's not expensive, but I want it to be free. The thing is, a timestamp costs a bit of resource on the blockchain because there's no commercial company behind. So there's kind of, for example, in Bitcoin, if you transfer one Bitcoin from one person to another, you pay a little fee. And with timestamping, it's actually the same. Um, the, the costs are really costs for uh, putting that hash on chain. I want... Ideally, timestamping to be free, that would be best for the internet. That would be an amazing feat uh, for you to accomplish. And when you click the timestamp, and I was going back, and you can actually see the stamp or the hash on on blockchain, and you can actually see the CPU, I think it shows like the CPU cycles or something like that, that it cost to yeah. actually make that. Um, one of my questions, and, and since you kind of just said it, one of my questions for you today was going to be about about Bitcoin. And and. Do you ever get people like confusing blockchain and Bitcoin? Because I would say 90% of my friends <laughs> would probably be like, oh, yeah, blockchain is Bitcoin, vice versa. Like, do you ever get, you know, that confusion or people are like, uh, is this like a Bitcoin thing? Am I making money with this? And they don't even understand like for what sure. blockchain technology is. Of course. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the thing is, and it. It's, it's in a way, it's kind of hard because there's Bitcoin, there were uh, initial coin offerings, ICOs, which gave technology kind of a bad reputation in many uh, forms. So that it's ma it made blockchain kind of scary. And in a way, the same as 
people from outside the WordPress space, they're kind of scared of open source or kind of scared of WordPress. Oh, isn't it unsafe? Isn't it? There, there, there are objections that come with WordPress. And in that way, there are objections that come with blockchain or Bitcoin as well. Um, in 1991, blockchain was invented for timestamping documents. So uh, the, the, origin, the origin, the reason why blockchain was invented was for timestamping documents or content. And then in 2008, 2009, that was the Bitcoin white paper. Bitcoin uses blockchain technology, but in the Bitcoin white paper, it references to the 1991 blockchain uh, white paper explaining how timestamping works. So the two are, of course, related. And even more, you can timestamp with the Bitcoin blockchain as well. We, as WordProof, we say we don't mind on which uh, blockchain you timestamp. The two are related, uh, but blockchain was invented for timestamping originally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like it. I like the... Um you know, the, the user interface that you've overlaid, right? It's sort of, uh, so if you go back and you, and you look at that, at the, is a technical term, like, is it a hash mark? Is that what you call it? Or just the, oh, the hash? Yeah, the yeah, a hash or we call, it's a hash and that hash is in a blockchain transaction and that's what we call a timestamp. Um, so you have the, you know, you can go back to the site to actually see it and I, it links over to blocks.io, B-L-O-K-S.io. And it almost looks like you're looking at like a GitHub, uh, page, but when you're on the WordPress site, you have this nice little modal, this nice little overlay and people can see these revisions as well, right? If they have the revisions active, they can kind of see what you've changed when you've changed it. Um, and you sort of made it easier to use in that, in that concept right it's not super technical when somebody's just looking at it they can they can visually see this is legitimate yeah. content it's been changed um how how does that come about have you had other requests to see other things on that screen mm, uh it depends the next step would be identity so for example in the blockchain space there are a lot of people are working on uh, open source way to uh, work with identity with for example universities who say hey uh, 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 this is Matt, and he had uh, um, a certificate in science or in health, a master in health, by putting the certificate or your identity on the blockchain. What can happen then is that you can see as a consumer, you can really verify if information input, uh, um, uh, has an impact on your voting behavior or on your health. You want to check. Does it really come from the politician? Does it really come from someone who has a master in health? Um, so a request would be more the authorship to connect it to a timestamp as well. Yeah, that was actually, <laughs> you're taking all the questions sorry, right off sorry, of my sorry. sheet. <laughs> uh, the, uh, that was actually where I was going to go next because that was the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, wow, this is awesome. Number one, it's simple, super simple uh, yeah. for you to get started with it. Um, and I was like, wow, this is great. But what happens, uh, you know, if you wanted to verify the author, because, you know, in the world of fake news, if a, if a, a writer or an author, you know, writes for one publication, it's time stamped over there, they're using uh, WordProof, and they move to another, you know, publisher, and now they're writing articles over there. Um, how does one verify that author? And, and you've kind of already alluded to it. Is that a, a technical roadblock? in blockchain authentication or is that something that's just you haven't built yet for WordProof? Like is that no, something that you're going to solve or somebody else has to help you out with that? 
there are more than 100 companies worldwide working on blockchain identity. Um, that's on one hand. And on the other hand, there's kind of a... The thing is, identity on a blockchain may not have a business model. That's, mm. it, it's tricky. It, it's, the, it's, it's, it's too tricky. It must be an open source movement. So there is a movement. It's, uh, it's under the hood of uh, W3 Consortium. And it's about a self-sovereign identity. It's um, an open source way to um, describe identities. So, for example, in Europe, you have the ESSIF movement. It's the European Self-Sovereign Identity Movement. Then you have a technology, it's called Verifiable Credentials. It's all an open source way to define identity. And what you infer in first time, you always need some organization. It could be a government, but it could also be Twitter or LinkedIn or literally any organization who are providing the identities. The holy grail in the end will be a fully open source form of unique human identity, but that's not where the technology is at currently. The first step will be, hey, uh, connect your LinkedIn to it, connect your Twitter to it. Right. Because I guess, I guess what happens, you know, the, the challenge, well, from the surface, a business model for identity could be as easy as somebody, some corporation saying, for $100 a year, you can have this identity, uh, you know, like a driver's license or a government yeah. issued identity. For $99 a year, you could have this identity backed by the uh, uh, blockchain or hash or, or marked on the blockchain. And this is you. The problem with that is that's one company charging and you. you, need, you and you need to trust that company. Exactly. Right. And that's the problem. And that's, yeah. And that is, that is the problem. So yeah, definitely a deep, uh, a deep dive, you know, can, issue there. Yeah. I mean, I can describe in one minute, if you, if you think it's valuable, um, yeah. what the true identity would look, can look like. It, it's dangerous and we don't do it, but this is what it, how it would work. You have a face, if you have a face with a 3D camera, it's kind of, uh, your, your face is kind of a private key. It's, it's really unique, one in a million unique. So that's why, for example, on uh, Apple with the uh, face cam, you can do a login to your phone. It's a one in million chance uh, that it's you. If you have uh, two, two per, if, so, so that's a one in million identity. So maybe 7,000 people on this world uh, are able to unlock your phone. It's a scary idea, but that's possible. If you combine that with social relationships, so for example, you and I are on a picture, I acknowledge that you are you and you acknowledge that I am me, the combination of that one in million uh, private key from your face combined with your social relationships over time makes a unique identity. Hmm. Yes. That can work. So there are prototypes of that, but. I would never use a face or biometrics to build an identity because that has so much risk with it. But there are concepts to build identity in a totally open source way. But the safest way to start is just connected to a Twitter, a LinkedIn, something like that. And the type of customer, let's sort of start to transition into, into your business model with WordProof. Your ideal customer i mean obviously everyone <laughs> like we we want everyone to use this right uh but in order to 
make the business grow right now? Are you targeting publishers, advertisers? Like what's your ideal customer right now that you're actively pursuing or marketing to? So there are three core benefits of the product. Uh, One could be a way to claim copyright, stuff like that. Um, That's interesting. And we have, yeah, we have users, for example, from the creative space, they say, hey, we want to protect our work uh, around plagiarism, stuff like that. So it could be creative companies. Then we have the solution to fake news and taking accountability. That could be uh, publishers or also e-commerce who spend a lot of time uh, uh, creating content to sell their uh, products. And another interesting benefit is there are some problems in search engines. For example, if you just change the date of an article, you rank higher for a few days. In that way, you could say there is a need to for search engines to uh, check if someone tampered with for example the date of an article so um there might be search engine benefits as well uh, and that's one of the reasons why we output the timestamp which is created in an open source way uh, to schema.org as well we worked on it with the people at yoast to make a uniform way to, a universal way to put the timestamps in schema.org as well so uh, what would be ideal customers uh, Publishers, we have the biggest publisher in the Netherlands, for example, um, but also big blogs, everyone who cares about search engine optimization and has a lot of content that are the people we're uh, looking at currently. Do you have other platforms that bigger publishers are looking at going, you know what, we don't use this WordPress thing. We don't want to use this WordPress thing for whatever reason. Can this integrate with other CMSs or is that like way down the road, future plans kind of thing? No, the thing is we uh, won the 1 million and part of the plan for the 1 million is to roll out to other platforms. I recently wrote a blog about how uh, WordPress market share is going to 50% in the coming years. Uh, that's Yoast's vision. That's my vision. That's Matt's vision. Um, so It's my vision too. Let, let me yeah, in on the vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're all, uh, everyone who's following uh, WordPress closely knows that the 50% in the coming years is inevitable. So it makes sense. And my background is in WordPress for over 15 years. So it was a logical place to start. A next step might be, or we have people from the Drupal community reaching out to us to, uh, yeah, ask us if they can bring it to Drupal. Yes, of course, we'd love to. Uh, I can imagine that we roll out to Shopify as it's fastly growing. And there are some use cases for e-commerce as well. So, um, and, and there's an API. So if someone is listening now and says, hey, I don't have WordPress and I want to integrate, of course, there's an API. You can have the certificates on your website. It's all possible, but there will be more uh, platforms where we will roll out to. I have to ask, I, I don't know, like, does does Gutenberg get in the way at all of, of content and, and, and the way that you do revisioning uh, or comparative revisioning on that on that modal that pops up on a site, or is that not even an issue at all? Good or page builders no. in general. Page builders in general. Like, do you have, do you have any concerns with like the technology that people are using to build sites? Let's first start with Gutenberg. Um, Gutenberg makes that the output of content, for example, to search engines, is so much better than it ever was. So Gutenberg is really a blessing for, I think, the internet at least, but also for WordProof. It makes 
helping search engines or with structuring all data on the site and the timestamp is just a simple part of the uh, data on your site, it helps to output it in the best way possible to make it digestible for search engines. So in that way, Gutenberg is of course good for the internet, but yeah, it doesn't, it's, it's more accelerating than stopping us. The awesome. thing with the thing with page builders uh, is if they use a lot of short codes and stuff like that, it makes the inputs kind of ugly in the certificate. Mm -hmm. So we can filter it out and clean it up, but it makes the, yeah, often the output of page builders is ugly HTML. So that uh, might in many cases result in ugly, uh, in an ugly scroller through the revisions as well. Mm. Is there a use case for word proof sort of, I, I don't even know if this is possible, but is it is there a way to sort of timestamp the the structure of a page, right? Maybe somebody changed, uh, you know, a two-column blog into a four-column blog, and and maybe we're timestamping that and tracking that, maybe for for maybe malicious activity or maybe somebody that messed up a, a layout. That could be, but a very interesting next step would be um, you have seen. Maybe you can put a link in the show notes. Uh, the the thing where you can scroll through the revisions of content. Mm -hmm. What I'd love to see is more publishers who implement a way to scroll for the visitor outside our model, just in the interface, to scroll through the revisions of content. Right. So that's one of the things I'd love to uh, to add to WordProof, just a blog which allows the visitor to uh, scroll through uh, different revisions. Yeah. And therefore, and I, I'm, ass <clears throat> I'm assuming uh, that's sort of, I don't know, what I'll call the secret sauce to WordProof, right? Because, you know, when you look at blocks.io, you just see this transaction of the blockchain. Uh, I mean, I couldn't find actual content, you know, revisions. I'm sure that that's what the WordProof secret sauce is, right? You're storing the revision content. You might be storing unique things to the WordPress side of the house while, you know, that, that blockchain transactions happening on, you know, blocks.io or, or whatever, right? That's, no, that's no, no. part the, of the... No, the, the thing is, um, it's really... So there are two options. When you set up the plugin, you can do two things. You can let the WordProof service timestamp automatically on your behalf, or uh, you can do it with a blockchain wallet right from your... Uh, right from your from your desktop computer or uh, mobile phone. So there's no secret sauce of WordProof doing some magic with your content because okay. that would make it closed source or proprietary and unfair viable by the outside world. So there's no trust in WordProof needed at all for timestamping. Got it. And the go. thing is, uh, WordPress does a lot with uh, revisions. So, um, but in some cases, the revisions are not on the WordPress side. So what we will, and that's part of the business model, is we can store your revisions, for example, for uh, for Shopify or, uh, or also on WordPress, if you want us to store them for you. That's possible. Uh, that makes it easier for us in the case of the plagiarism tool to uh, archive and to automatically create uh, uh, legal letters uh, when someone is doing a copyright infringement with you, uh, but it's not mandatory. And there's, I, I, yeah, I try to emphasize there's no secret sauce that you truly need WordProof. It's we're just a user-friendly tool to timestamp, but there's no trust needed in WordProof, uh, yeah, to make this work. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, 
but you can store uh, maybe maybe not now but eventually you'll be able to store revisions I, I mean i just know like some web hosts disable or not disable but they limit amounts of revisions so that there's not this massive like you know database load or whatever um, if somebody had revisions off would you be able to store all revisions or do they need absolutely. to absolutely yeah 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 and Got for it. some features we need to store the revisions um for example with the legal the creating legal letters but it's not mandatory and it's still valuable if we don't gotcha for the user so i love the concept uh, of pitching of the buzz around startup events i'm a mentor in a local accelerator and uh, we nice. do two yeah, it's fun. It's, it's super exciting. And it's um, it's a small accelerator. It's just for sustainable businesses on the south coast of Massachusetts. And uh, I love the pitch events. Um, well, when we had the pitch events in person, <laughs> not, yeah, not, over this, not over this. Yeah, not over this COVID stuff. But walk me through this process. You, uh, you know, you pitch with 175 other participants from all over Europe. You oh, yeah. win the one million dollar euros. What was that like? Was this your first sort of, you know, pitch contest, you know, talking to judges, talking about the, the concept and, and to, to earn money? How did you prepare for it? Give me the whole the whole rundown. Yeah. So um, there was a competition and it was called Blockchains for Social Good. And you had to write a exactly 30 page proposal covering the social good, what it does for inclusivity, what it does for a, a sustainable world, what it does for a European added value. And uh, yeah, we wrote a proposal. We invested around with our team, 1,000 hours in writing the best possible proposal. Um, so it, it was kind of a bet your company decision because yeah, if we yeah. had put all those time in develop all, all those hours in development or sales or whatever, uh, we would have been at a better position there, for example. So, but we thought, okay, if we win this, we have Europe as a partner, and we have the credibility and some funding to, uh, yeah, to roll out the whole timestamp ecosystem as we prepare it in our document. So we thought, okay, let's bet the company we will do, uh, yeah, we will participate in this competition because we thought, okay, if there's one blockchains for social good initiative, I think WordProof makes a good chance. And the good thing is I work with WordPress for over 14 years. One of my co-founders worked with WordProof, uh, WordPress, uh, sorry, WordPress for over 10 years. So we are really, uh, uh, our DNA is open source. Um, one of my previous projects was a GDPR plugin with uh, 1.3 million uh, downloads and 100K mm -hmm. users. So we have a track record in open source. So an open source was one of the important elements. Now, we wrote a proposal. A few months later, we heard, okay, you're part of the 23 finalists. So uh, come to Brussels. That's where the headquarters of the European Commission is. That's what we did in February. And a few weeks back, we heard, uh, hey, you did not only uh, you're you're not only part of the last five, but you're the absolute winner. You have twenty nine dot five out of thirty points. That's the highest the company ever had in this uh, kind of competition. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So you didn't have to do like get on stage. It wasn't like a tech that, crunch. Yeah, yeah, that, that was with the last twenty three. So um, oh, okay. in Brussels in February. We had uh, 23 finalists and we did a pitch, a three minute pitch, pitch and we did a hearing really official with, with eight judges. Uh, we were in a room and doing a hearing. So it was really official, everything uh, behind the closed doors. And uh, yeah, we, uh, 
how, it, it how, worked out. How was that? How was that to you? Like, how, how did you mentally prepare for it? I know, like, you're down to 23 finalists. It's a million, you know, euros on the line. What was it? What like? What was going through your head when you were making that pitch? Oh were you man, nervous at we all, were or so nervous. And, and <laughs> for for example, my boyfriend, I was this year was crazy for me. I I was about to marry in uh, this year September, or the plan was to marry in September. Uh, we postponed that because of COVID, obvious reasons. But uh, then we heard that we won this competition, so that was nice. All the people around me, they know my pitch. They had the three-minute pitch. But if I was practicing it and I was stopping my sentence halfway, the people, everyone around me was able to finish that pitch. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we practiced maybe the pitch for 20 or 30 hours just, yeah, every day in the morning, in the, in the lunch, in the evening, practicing, practicing. Okay, this detail, this word, we need to tweak a bit. But it, that worked. Uh, the jury session behind the closed doors was one of the most awkward and nerve-breaking uh, meetings I ever had. We were there with the three, three, and we didn't know what to expect there. So we were totally a nervous. But we, it, it was kind of, it, it was a uh, yeah. They so, so paint that picture for us. You you did your three minute pitch, and then they brought you sort of behind the scenes to yeah. To interview nobody it, knew a bit more. Nobody knew uh, what to expect. So there were eight people sitting there. I get. I think they got the briefing to don't show any emotions, and <laughs> we were not allowed to bring in new information. So we were. Uh, yeah, it was kind of a due diligence uh, session. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, it's they uh, asked questions. And uh, yeah, three, min in the, in three the, minutes is not a lot of time. No, that was 20 minutes. The pitch was three minutes and the yep. demo was two minutes. And then we had a 20 minute uh, session with the judges. Wow. When and you then, first did your when you first did your first pitch, how long was your first pitch? Like when you practiced it at home before going there, was it like twenty minutes? <laughs> it was, yeah, yeah, it yeah. It, it was five minutes or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And and I I was actually uh, we were in a fight. Okay, we should. I I wanted to keep it long and tell everything, and they were more yeah, like, yeah. no, shorter, shorter, shorter. It must be two minutes, and then you can talk slowly, and maybe you have three. So, yeah. uh, but there were five items or all six uh, topics. We had to cover all of them. So, uh, yeah, it was really hard to cover six topics in three minutes. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And the, the uh, thing so is, when we walked out of the uh, the jury room, my co-founders and I were kind of in a fight because I said, "Hey, it's in the pockets, right?" Uh, we had two of the three judges. They were. Uh, asking questions and the questions had the assumption that we won it and they said <laughs> no sebastian forget about it we totally uh fucked up or sorry for using the word that's right it's, uh yeah forget about it it was the worst thing we ever did <laughs> so uh yeah let's move on why, with our why do they feel why do they feel that way did they did you they feel like you guys weren't answering the questions correctly or you just were just so nervous that that's what it felt like the thing was, the setting was really uncomfortable, so uh, uneasy. It was really, uh, yeah, the the atmosphere wasn't so, yeah, it, it was so professional, and it, it was really like being in court. So they gotcha. say, yeah, there was no enthusiasm, there was no uh, nothing. So, yeah, sorry, Sebastian, we lost. But the thing <laughs> is, all the other 22, because before the hearings, we didn't talk 
too much with each other. You're kind of in competition with each other. But after everyone was uh, talking to each other and everyone had that same uncomfortable feeling, that was just how it was set up. So, um, yeah, I said, hey, don't uh don't yeah don't misplace it's the fact that it was uncomfortable doesn't mean that it's uh that we did a, a bad job and i i totally agree that we could have done better uh in being more sharp in answering but i was happy at that time yeah and and how did how did you find out did they like when you left the room and you walked out the doors, there was like balloons and confetti and you no, <laughs> no, like, no, actually, no, no, no. You won. It, it, it took us, uh, they, they promised that they will, uh, that they, that the outcome would be communicated in March, but then COVID started. So I right. just got a phone call from the Dutch government, uh, two and a half <laughs> weeks ago. And the thing <laughs> and is, we like, actually, hey, a million, a million dollars just showed up in my account. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's going something like that. Or the uh, the fun thing is, we were pressing F five refresh every day on the Europe's website, on the website <laughs> of the European Commission. So even sure. there, if it would have been timestamped, we were easier able to track the updates yeah. on the European Commission <laughs> website. Uh, that's so, awesome. It's like you you need my product. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, but and the nice thing is. Sort of, yeah, sorry to our listeners for uh, GDPR because that's invented in, in Europe, of course. Uh, yep. Now we are talking with the people who created uh, GDPR. So I think we can uh, bring some goodness from the open source ecosystem to uh, do it better and nicer than GDPR. I promise you that I'll fight for that. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. His name is Sebastian Vanderlens of WordProof. You can get WordProof at WordProof. Dot io. It's wordproof.io. Sebastian, where, where else can folks say thanks for doing the show? Um, of course, on Twitter. So that's wordproof.io as a handle. My personal handle is uh, D-A-L-A-N-S, the lens. And uh, wordproof.io, that's the website. And of course, there's a free plan uh, too. So uh, and we would love to hear all your feedback and suggestions. Yep. Uh, 10 timestamps a month for free. Go to wordproof.io. Dot io wordproof.io everybody else it's mattreport.com mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list don't forget to leave us a five-star review on itunes really helps us get found all right we'll see you in the next episode <laughs>